Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at your sun and rising sign horoscopes for the month of June. There are five transits that I have my eye on this month, and I will be looking at each of those five transits for all 12 signs today. Uh, the way that I tend to do my horoscopes every month, if you're new to the channel, is uh, I do not look at every last transit for every month for every sign. I tend to pick big themes that are repeating throughout the month or the biggest transits of the month and narrow it down to a few, uh, those that I think will be most noticeable for everyone, and then take a look at where those land for each sign. Now, you can watch these. You can listen to uh, the sign. Uh, you, you can listen to it for your rising sign or for your sun sign. I recommend your rising because that will configure to the whole sign version of your birth chart. Whereas if you listen to your sun sign, unless your sun is in the first house, what you're doing in a sun sign horoscope is you're putting your sun sign into the first whole sign house. And um, so that unless you have the sun in your first house, that won't configure with the way your birth chart actually looks, which is why, you know, I personally recommend looking at rising sign horoscopes every month because that will uh, show you where the planets are traveling in your birth chart. Especially if you're someone like myself who uses whole signs in natal astrology. Well, before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments in the comments section of this video. It really helps the channel to grow. If you like my work and you think other people might like it, this helps the uh, YouTube search engine, you know, notice it or whatever. You can always find a transcript of my daily talk on my website, nightlightastrology.com, where you can also learn more about my new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, which is starting on June 12th. So it's coming up really soon now. Orientation materials have already gone out. So we already have Tons of people introducing themselves and across three different classes that are starting. Don't forget year two and horary classes start June 11th and 12th as well. But people are logging into the discussion forum and saying hello and giving us, you know, their sun, moon, rising sign and telling us a little bit about why they're here to study astrology. So I'm really excited. I'm starting to get to know people. Uh, really looking forward to class classes getting started here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, that means there's still time to sign up. If you look at the courses page and click on the first year program, you'll learn all about the program and what it includes uh, in terms of the curriculum and course breakdown. It's 30 courses over the over the um, over the span of a year. We meet on Sundays from noon to about two to three p.m. Eastern time. Every class is between two to three hours. Those classes are via live webinars, um, and if you can't make them live, everything is hosted for you on a class web class web page um, that's permanent. You can always log into it. You can download everything from it to a one of your devices or multiple devices or whatever you want. On the uh, class page, you'll also find a video that we did recently with some alumni. So you can hear them talking about their experience in the program. Uh, outside of those 30 classes, we've got 12 guest lectures. We have eight or nine breakout study sessions with tutoring staff. There's a tutoring staff that supports the discussion forum year round. If you have questions, you can reach out to me as well. There's tons of bonus material. Uh, it's a great program for people who want to develop a professional practice or who are just, I love astrology and I want to be able to read and understand my chart and look at transits and understand them maybe for me, myself, my friends and family at a deeper level. This is a great course for people who this is your hobby. This is what you love to listen to. This is kind of the content you like to take in and you want to take your understanding to the next level, or maybe you even want to read charts for other people. There's an FAQ section. If you have any questions, you can also reach out to us. Email info at nightlightastrology.com. The early bird payment saves you $500 off. That's available until next week. So just a little bit of time left to take advantage of that. You can stretch it out with a 12-month payment plan if you want. Or we do have uh, need-based tuition. If that makes it more accessible to you than uh, for you, uh, then please do check that out. Um, we do still have a few openings left there for need-based tuition applications. So if uh, you couldn't otherwise take the program because it's out of your um, budget, uh, we are happy to work with people who have different kinds of constraints going on in their life. Tell us your situation, click on that apply button, and we'll be happy to work with you. Uh, so I am really excited now to get into the major transits of June. I want to walk you through the transits that we are going to be looking at first and kind of explain my rationale, and then we'll go through each 12, uh, each of the 12 signs. So first of all, I've grouped them into, the, there are two major Venus dynamics this year. There's a bunch of Gemini dynamics. And at the end of the month, there is a new moon in Cancer squared Jupiter. To me, these are the biggest dynamics of the month. So on June 11th, Venus will conjoin Uranus in Taurus right around the eclipse point from April 30th. That's a very powerful conjunction. 
on June 18th, a week later, Venus will then square Saturn in Aquarius. So I am focusing on the location of Venus in the sign of Taurus through all 12 signs. The reason for that is that it is Venus who is making the, the conjunction with Uranus, then Venus who will be making the square to Saturn. It's the faster moving planet. It's in its own dignity. So I'm really focusing in on the placement of Venus in your chart this month and kind of just going to walk through for all 12 signs what that dynamic might be like right around the middle of the month in particular. On June 13th, Mercury will enter Gemini where it will be then co-present with the sun in Gemini. And by the 22nd, Venus will enter Gemini. And so there's a lot of very favorable energy in the sign of Gemini this month. So I'm sort of generally looking at the sign of Gemini for everybody and saying, look, this in this area of your chart, you may see subjectively beneficial, helpful, easy, harmonious energy this month. So just kind of, you know, the Venus dynamic, a little bit more uh, challenging, perhaps with Saturn and Uranus getting involved. The Gemini energy this month feels to me very supportive and sort of uplifting. So that's where we're going to see just kind of a, a boost. Finally, at the end of the month on June 28th, there's a new moon in Cancer and the sun in Cancer and the new moon, although the moon's it's very quick, but the sun is squaring Jupiter at the time of a new moon in Cancer. So we're going to look at the location of that new moon in Cancer at the end of the month for all 12 signs and just try to add a little what, what that infusion of Jupiterian energy might bring to the house where that new moon is happening, so the Cancer house in your chart. So that is the breakdown for all 12 signs. Now what we're going to do is uh, pull up the real-time clock and let's let's take it through. Now what I've done to simplify is I've taken out all of the other planets just so that we can focus on these particular energies. So, um, And I find that it's just a little bit easier rather than clicking through the clock for every single thing to just kind of go through it one, um, you know, looking at the whole sign houses. So Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to um, first bring up June 11th, and we're just going to kind of start there. So here's the June. Oops, and you know what? My uh, we accidentally went into Taurus rising. So let's back it up a little bit. There we go. So here is the conjunction that's happening. We're going to start with Aries, Sun or Aries rising sign. So that. Uh, puts the Venus-Uranus conjunction in the second house on June 11th, followed by the square to Saturn in Aquarius, which will be coming through on June 18th. So here you can see that Venus is going to then go into the square with Saturn by June 18th. So we're looking at a Venus-Uranus dynamic in your second house if you're in Aries rising. Generally speaking, I like this in terms of a kind of eclectic, inventive energy around money, business, finances, and resources, almost like something new is catching your eye that you might purchase or buy, uh, or you're finding uh, a new way of doing business or, you know, a, a change or reconfiguration of values or something related to money and business sort of, um, you know, receiving this kind of sparkly breakthrough energy of, of Venus Uranus. So to me, that part feels good. The tricky part is when Venus then squares Saturn around the 18th, at which point now there's a little bit of tension coming in from Saturn in the house of groups, friends, allies. Uh, you think also about where, where you might be looking to create some kind of breakthrough around money, finances, resources, and values, but you're also facing some kind of social pressure or social obligations. What are the social karmic contracts in your life with other people, with groups that you belong to, and how is that informing or influencing some kind of change that you're looking to create around money or finances? That's the basic combination that I'm seeing for Aries this month. When we take it forward to June 13th, Mercury enters Gemini. Now, this is just, uh, you know, also in the middle of the month, but it stretches out a little differently because you're going to see on the 13th, Mercury entering Gemini. And then on the 22nd, a little bit later, Venus is going to enter Gemini. So at the by the time that Venus enters um, Gemini, then we the sun has moved out of, out of Gemini. But you will have Mercury and the sun together and then Venus and Mercury together back to back, both of which are very favorable uh, transits. They're happening if you're in Aries rising in your third house. So that's the place of the mind. Uh, especially the, the mind and its connection to the environment. 
So the mind-body connection, the mind-environment connection, topics of communication, technology, speech, thinking, learning, writing. I, I, to me, this looks very favorable. It looks like it could be a very fun and playful month or there, the idea of there being a creative transmission of some kind or the need to um, almost like setting an intention to learn something new or the development or acquisition of a new skill or ability and the need to transmit it somehow to or with other people. Uh, I, I, this feels like a kind of flirtatious, fun, playful energy mentally. And I wonder how that's spilling over into the environment too. Sometimes you see this kind of energy when people are, um, you know, bringing something into their environment that, you know, changes the way that your day-to-day -day activities work. I remember, um, you know, just having a similar transit of Venus and Mercury in my third house, for example, um, when we first got, uh, and we no longer use this thing, but Oh, I'm forgetting what it's called, but it's that Amazon thing where you can listen to music and, you know, you could order things and, you, and it, it was like Alexa or something. I think that was her name. Anyway, that was a Venus and, you know, we ended up getting rid of her because we we're like, oh, she's spying on us, you know, <laughs> it was like, but it was like very, it was like a very fun, playful, kind of inventive, weird thing to have in our environment. I remember getting that when there was a Venus Mercury, um, co-presence in the third house in my own chart. So it just anything that could come in and sort of lighten or brighten the mood, mind, or environment around you, it's something that's playful, a different kind of technology, something like that. Finally, on June 28th, we're going to see the new moon. And this new moon is uh, going to be coming through. Actually, let me, uh, I'll pop the moon in here too. So the new moon comes through in... Um, there we go. This is about the 28th into the 29th, depending on time zone. Um, so you can see that what's amazing about this new moon is that it is forming in a square with Jupiter. So if you're in Aries rising, there is a seed, a new moon seed being planted in the fourth house of home and family being energized by Jupiter and Aries in the first house. It feels to me like there's something new that's getting started, some kind of new motivation. I mean, Jupiter in Aries in the first house is so inceptional, loves to start things. There's a lot of confidence, kind of a pioneering, assertive quality, and it's informing some kind of new development around home, family, uh, karma, or living environment by the end of the month. And that will tone the month ahead as well. So those are the big transits that I'm seeing right now if you're in Aries rising. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and put, I'm going to put Taurus on the ascendant now. And why don't we back this up to about the 11th and we'll go through those same energies again. All right. So again, we're looking at the 11th Venus conjoining Uranus and Taurus. And then by the 18th Venus and Taurus squaring Saturn in Aquarius. So for you, if you're a Taurus rising, this means Venus Uranus is in your first house where by the way, Mercury has just turned uh, direct um, kind of um, a feeling of, of a kind of a breakthrough moment for individuation and growth and refining or redefining or breaking through some previous pattern of, of self-definition or appearance or physical health. So I like this in terms of a personal renaissance for Taurians, but it's also, there's this kind of clash between the personal reforms or renaissance that's taking place in the first house and the expectations, obligations, heaviness of Saturn in the 10th house of work or public reputation. So it's as though the freedom that you're seeking is maybe being checked a little bit by the expectations or obligations of Saturn in the professional house, the workhouse, or the place of public expectation. And maybe that's a good thing because it could hold you in check if you're trying to uh, take your pants off and you know, run around downtown. Um, but it could also be something that, you know, um, almost like tries to keep you from expressing yourself in a new and interesting way that, um, that that's totally healthy because Saturn is uh, conservative and doesn't want to take risks or, you know, oh, what will people think or something like that. So watch for the tension between those two. Now the 13th Mercury enters Gemini, and then the 22nd, we're going to see Venus enter Gemini. Let's move this ahead a little bit. Here's Mercury entering Gemini, and then 
take it forward a little bit more. And there's Venus entering Gemini. So very positive month in terms of money and finances. You're seeing a lot of very supportive energy there in terms of meeting goals or buying nice things or developing a new stream of revenue or income, just subjectively positive energy for you this month as a Taurus, especially from about the middle of the month onward around the topic of money, finances, business, resources, time, money, income, and expenditures. It feels to me supportive, um, productive, innovative, flexible, uh, and probably beneficial, harmonious, like good time to make deals or positive, easy purchases or you know, um, coming up with new ideas to make your business smoother or easier, developing new skills or assets or abilities that translate into profit, um, maybe spending a little bit too much, like a, a looser, easy, like almost like things coming in easily, but also going out easily and watch out a little bit for that. Finally, on June 28th, the sun in Cancer, this is the new moon now, remember, uh, at the end of the month is going to square Jupiter. I think this one's really interesting because for Tauruses, because it's got you've been picking up a square from Jupiter in the twelfth house. To me, this um, this would suggest that there is um, first of all the an exploration of mind and instinct and emotional intelligence. Like your emotions and your mind are trying to work together with this new moon, but they're also being informed by maybe unconscious frustrations or dogmas or you know what are the things that you're you've been unconsciously indoctrinated by through your life experiences what are the things that you hold on to with um, an underlying sense of you know righteousness or anger and i think that you're you're looking at like the the emotional intelligence leading and lighting the way and helping you move through instinctually sensitively move through the exploration of um almost like hidden, I'm thinking of Jupiter and Aries in the 12th house here as like, uh, like sacred doubts or unconscious, um, you know, almost like dogmas or doctrines or beliefs that you hold and whether or not those are matching with the, the kind of in, instinctual emotional intelligence of the Cancer Sun in the third house. It's some kind of exploration of those themes uh, in combination at the outset, we can see toning the outset of the moon cycle that starts in late June. So I see that as really important. All right, let's go ahead. And now we're going to put Gemini on the ascendant. And we're gonna I'm going to back up the real-time clock again to about the 11th of the month. <clears throat> so again, we're going through... The June 11th and 18th transits, Venus is conjunct Uranus and Taurus in your 12th house if you're a Gemini rising or Gemini sun sign. And on the 18th, Venus in Taurus will then square Saturn in Aquarius. So you're talking about the 12th house and the 9th house getting hit simultaneously uh, for the course of about a week. Here's Venus and uh, Uranus together. And then you can see by the 18th of the month, Venus will be squaring Saturn at that time. So that's that's the first, you know, the big sequence of the month. And for me, as a Gemini rising, I look at this and I wonder about uh, the unconscious element, uh, the unconscious and and what's in the unconscious in relation to sexuality, uh, religion. Um, for example, Venus Uranus in the twelfth might be trying to, create a kind of a moment of greater sexual or romantic freedom, uh, the, the need for self-expression uh, around love, sex, relationships, romance, beauty, art, culture, women. Uh, and yet it's getting checked by Saturn in the house of like religion and piety and faith and spirituality and doctrines and teachings and things like that. So it almost feels like um, Saturn's either holding Venus in check while Venus is like getting drunk under the table and being like, look, you've got to work tomorrow. You, you can't have any more, go home and go to bed. Or, you know, it, it could be the kind of thing where Venus and Uranus in the 12th house are saying like, you know, uh, look, I'm going to, I'm going to love who I love and I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to have to get naked once in a while. And I don't care what you think Saturn, you know, my, whatever, maybe it's my strict Catholic upbringing or something. <laughs> So you can feel the dialogue between 
this unconscious expression or exploration for better or worse of sexual romantic themes and the des desire for breakthrough and individuation around them being held in check by, informed by, refined by Saturn in the ninth house of the higher mind and beliefs. Uh, could be that you're studying some, some topics related to feminism or women, or um, you're also looking at ethics and morality around uh, women. You're studying or learning some particular skill to do with women uh, or, or the feminine or sexuality or anything like that. So I could see those combinations being important. Now, the other transit of the month that is arguably to me one of the biggest is going to be all the positive stuff that we see happening in your home sign. First of all, uh, we see on June 13th, Mercury is entering Gemini, and you can see it there going into your first house. And then by the 22nd, Venus will enter Gemini. Now notice Venus, Mercury is with the sun right away. And then Venus is going to enter that first house by June 22nd into the 23rd. Again, depending on uh, time zone and where you're located and everything like that. So you can see, well, there's my massive circle again. All right, let's uh, see if I can do this over. There we go. So you can see the Venus-Mercury dynamic, the earlier the Sun-Mercury dynamic in the first house. If you're Gemini rising, this is the place of your body, your mind, your appearance, your psychology, your sense of self and identity. So I love this in terms of feeling fun, attractive, flirtatious, um, just feeling in your own element with your home planet, your ruling planet in, your home, in its home sign, along with Venus and the Sun. It's as though you're getting clear about what's important to you, what, what your best life looks like, or what your ideal in any given area of your life looks like. It could be that you're just feeling healthier and sort of shinier. could be that you're attracting interesting things or people into your life with the presence of Venus there. Um, but I like this for looking good, feeling good, and uh, getting a little bit more clear about what it is that you are and what it is that you want, or who it is that you are and what it is that you want. So really positive energy in your first house. Great for health too, um, potential uh, good time to start any kind of health activities or regimens or diets, things like that. Um, all right, well, on the, let's go to the new moon. We're gonna see this come through the uh, 28th into the 29th. This is, um, oops, let's, there we go. So this is falling for you into your second house. Now that, see, I just don't get it. It's like th something happens, and I don't know exactly what it is that makes that circle like a giant's footprint or something. Okay, so there's the new moon in the second house. That's the place of money, resources, finances. So something new is getting started around money, work, business, finances. I like it because it's being informed by Jupiter in the 11th house of friends and allies. Makes me feel like there is someone or something coming into your life to enhance or improve or grant some kind of blessing or benefit to you financially or around business. Maybe someone or something in the family is giving something to you or there's a purchase that's being made. But I like this as a collaborative, supportive energy at the new moon at the end of the month around money, business, finances, and resources, or even skill development. So really nice looking new moon for Gemini's at the end of the month there. All right, let's go ahead and put Cancer on the Ascendant now. And I'm going to back it up to the 11th of the month again, our starting point. <clears throat> okay, so... With Cancer on the Ascendant, we are looking at Venus conjoining Uranus and Taurus on the 11th, and then on the 18th, Venus squaring Saturn in Aquarius. So let's point that out. Here is the conjunction, and then you're going to see the square coming in there. So we have those two. Again, on the 11th, the conjunction between Uranus and Venus, and then on the 18th, Venus squaring Saturn. From the 11th house to the 8th house, I think this is really interesting because we're talking about social contracts and social obligations. We're talking about the desire for a breakthrough around friends, groups, allies, the potential for unusual, eccentric, sort of paradigm-breaking or uh, er erratic and inventive energy around the topic of relationships, friends, uh, and anything related to Venus. Women, arts, beauty, romance, love, uh, probably has greater social ramification in the 11th house though, some something that extends into the social arena of your life. 
Now it's being held in check by, or it's being helped by, or hindered by uh, Saturn and Aquarius in the eighth house of debts, resources of other people, obligations that you get from that other people have to you or that you have to them. So you're looking at that combination and going, okay, there's the desire for a breakthrough socially, uh, but it's being held in check by certain kinds of obligations that we may have to other people. Almost like there is a tug of war going on between different values and different obligations in our life socially. At a time when we're trying to create something new, we might be still beholden to something old. That's what I would be looking at for Cancer Risings this month. Then we have the June 13th and June 22nd uh, Gemini energies. And here's on the 13th, you can see Mercury entering your 12th house. And then by the 22nd, Venus is entering that 12th house as well. So a lot of focus on the 12th house. Now, normally I would be like, well, look, this, this for almost every sign, I'm like, this is a pretty positive energy. The exception is with the 12th house. It's hard to say. Um, in, you know, in the 12th house, this could, you could be looking at, you know, flirtations with things that don't have your best interest in mind. Or, and that could be your own unconscious uh, shadows, you know, flirting with your shadow side. It could also be about gossip and drama and things that are sort of alluring or attractive, but might end up getting you in trouble. Uh, on the other hand, it's also about exploring or experimenting with things that might be sort of taboo or that may uh, live in an unconscious or unknown place in you. And there's some need to be curious about them this month. So I look at those things and I think, well, that's interesting because the curiosity to explore shadows or blind spots um, in any area of your life or to learn things that are hidden or understand things that are unseen in yourself or in an environment around you, that could be very interesting um, and nothing necessarily negative about it. On the other hand, I could see this being like, just, you know, be careful what you find yourself, what, what you find yourself flirting or associating with this month, because there could be kind of that high price to pay in the 12th house, which is often a place of self-destruction. So just, you know, it's like there's something to learn there from whatever is passing through regardless. And so just paying close attention to it and um, being a little bit aware of the, the trickster energy within your own unconscious or within the environment. Finally, the sun, new moon at the end of the month lands in your first house. We're going to see that coming through right around the 29th. And it has a square from Jupiter in your 10th house. That's the place of career. So I think that's fascinating because essentially we're looking at some need to recreate yourself personally. It's a shift in terms of your body, your appearance, your image. Um, it's a new start. It's a fresh beginning. Something might be getting bigger. Your identity may be growing or expanding in some way, publicly, professionally. It might be a time of reboot, both personally and professionally. Uh, so I like that combination for you as a time of personal, physical, spiritual, emotional growth, being fueled by Jupiter's desire for growth in the career house at the same time. So, or around your public image or reputation or something like that. Feels to me like a moment of personal growth and expansion for cancers by the end of the month. All right, we're going to go ahead now and put Leo on the Ascendant, and we're going to back this up again to the 11th and run it through once more. So uh, here we have Leo on the Ascendant, and the um, we have the Venus-Uranus dynamic. There it is. Did it again. Let's try it once more. So we have the Venus-Uranus dynamic in the 10th house, and then by... Going back to the beginning of the month, so there's June 11th, Venus conjoining Uranus, and then by the 18th, that Venus is going to square Saturn in Aquarius in the seventh house. So for me, this is like, for Leos, I think it's one of the more interesting dynamics of the month, because Venus, Uranus in the 10th house is all about a breakthrough in terms of either career or public image or reputation, professional life, and it feels fun and kind of, uh, you know, like a, a meaningful, creative um, moment of... Uh, discovery or, you know, um, uh, invention, breaking the mold somehow, personally, professionally, but it is being held in check somehow, or it's having this more intense dialogue with Saturn in the house of marriage and relationships. What does that mean? Is it like, well, I need to, I have, I'm trying to create a breakthrough because I'm, I'm sick of being stuck in the expectations or obligations 
or our, uh, you know, entangledness in certain kinds of relationships. I've seen this, for example, when people have affairs or decide they're getting separated or divorced. On the other hand, I want to evolve, but I, you know, I'm, I have commitments to another person and I have to figure out how to make the right compromise. What is the right compromise between the house of career and the breakthroughs that Venus Uranus are trying to create there and the obligations, expectations, or sort of contractive qualities of Saturn in the house of love and relationships. That is a big story if you're a Leo this month, a Leo sun or rising. So on the 13th, Mercury enters Gemini. On the 22nd, Venus enters Gemini. That places a lot of attention on the 11th house, place of friends, uh, place of allies, groups, uh, any kind of so the social dimension of your life, whether it's colleagues, networks of people, a group that you belong to, a lot of good energy there for you this month if you're a Leo. Overall, just very constructive and supportive qualities coming in there. Um, I like that in terms of there being also with Jupiter in the ninth house, some, some need to align your higher values or beliefs with the kind of people that you're mingling with. Um, but it looks very positive and supportive, like you're getting clear about uh, something or you're you're experiencing a, a degree of joy, happiness, con- ease and connection and harmony around the house of groups and friends. Finally, at the end of the month, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> on the 28th of the month, we're going to see the new moon in Cancer in your 12th house. And that's square to Jupiter in the, the ninth house. Now, to me, this is interesting because I could see this very easily in the sign of Cancer bringing up some shadows from the ancestral past or the, the, from your family. Uh, there could be challenges happening around the topics of home, family, uh, family karma, living environment, um, but maybe also being informed by um, political, philosophical, or religious beliefs. So I could see there being like the unconscious shadows, uh, you know, of, of family karma, family religious karma, or political karma, or strife or division because of ideological differences around home and family. Um, I could also see this being about, you know, um, the need to find faith because of different kinds of emotional hardships that you're experiencing. Uh, The need to, like, what what are the principles or guiding beliefs that help you get through a challenging time emotionally? Those qualities could be present uh, from late June into the month of July. Okay, we're going to put Virgo on the Ascendant now. And uh, let's see here. We'll go back to about the 11th of the month. And you're going to see at the start of the month, Venus conjoins Uranus and Taurus now. Oops. Put Virgo on the Ascendant. There we go. Venus conjoins with Uranus in the sign of Taurus in your ninth house. And then it's going to make a square by the 18th Venuses to Saturn in the sign of Aquarius. So that's the 11th to the 18th period. Now for Venus and Uranus in the ninth house, I like for their, I like, you know, Venus in the ninth house is often about uh, the way that the, the mind, the higher mind, religion, spirituality, and philosophy overlap with the body, with love, with sensuality, with desire, with sex. Um, so could there be some a breakthrough in your understanding around love, beauty, intimacy, art, desire, sexuality, romance? Uh, it feels like intellectual and artistic and th- the need for kind of a paradigm shift that is both about understanding and aesthetic simultaneously. But it's being held in check by or challenged by Saturn in the sixth house, a place of frustrations, a, a tendency toward a certain kind of dogmatic rigidity, a uh, uh, tendency to be locked into a a paradigm that one feels, you know, uh, somehow duty bound to serve. You know, it's like, could you see this as a a moment of greater, like a mental breakthrough that's also about liberating the body, liberating something, um, you know, in favor of the the feminine and and the embodied Taurian qualities. Um, So it feels like a push and pull both around mental energy and sensual embodied energy this month. Uh, if you're a Virgo. Now, the other energy of the month between the 13th, Mercury entering Gemini, and the 22nd, when Venus enters Gemini, and I'll just move this ahead so you can see it. Here's Mercury entering Gemini in your 10th. And then by the 22nd, you can see there's Venus coming into the sign of Gemini as well. So that 
10th house becomes really important if you're a Virgo rising. And it's some of the most subjectively positive energy of the month. That's your career house. The sun will be in there with Mercury, then Venus with Mercury. Mercury, of course, in its own domicile. This is your ascendant ruler. So very positive developments that look like looks like to me around work, uh, your professional life, your public reputation, advancement, or um, even just fun and joy around the workplace, accomplishment, kind of a Kind of a flirtatious energy too, like falling in love with a colleague or coworker or something. Hopefully, it's nothing uh, illicit. <laughs> but yeah, you can see this quality of um, kind of harmonious, helpful energy around the career house this month. So I love that for my Virgos. Finally, on the 28th of the month, we're going to see uh, the new moon in Cancer falling into your 11th house. Now, that energy is in the house of friends and uh, colleagues, uh, relationships that are about your work life or your larger goals or spiritual, um, professional aims, you think religious or professional community, or just a larger group of friends, your social life. And this is, it's interesting to me that this new moon is being fueled by Jupiter in Aries in the eighth house. To me, this looks like a very beneficial form of support or resource. Could be coming in through home or family members, could be coming in somehow through a community, a community cause or supporting something that is, you know, mission driven and community oriented. So I like those qualities uh, around the end of the month, but also looking about who who you need to give support to within a group or family or who you're receiving support from in a group or family. That looks like uh, it could be the story of the moon cycle from late June onward. Okay, let's go back to the 11th of the month again and start over. And now we're going to put Libra on the ascendant. So with Libra on the ascendant, we go back and start over with Venus conjoining Uranus and Taurus on the 11th. And then by the 18th, Venus is squaring Saturn. So you can see their conjunction right here. And then by the 18th, the square to Saturn will come through. This is between the 8th and 5th houses if you're a Libra sun or Libra rising. First of all, to me, this is a moment of... Um, you know, redefining commitments or obligations to people. Oh, you owe me this or I owe you that. Let's be free of that burden or obligation or expectation. You know, so anywhere in your life where there is some unhealthy form of dependency, I could see you breaking the tie or the knot that binds you. On the other hand, this could be a moment where there is suddenly a new resource or a new kind of soul contract that ties you to someone coming in, but that contract serves to liberate you in some other area of your life. That's interesting. With the square to Saturn in the fifth house, I wonder if it limits your sense of freedom, joy, pleasure, creativity, or like romantic or sensual or creative fulfillment, or I wonder what the trade-off might be. So I'd be a little bit careful about that. Um, the next set of transits that I have for you is the 13th Mercury entering Gemini and by the 22nd, Venus entering Gemini. These are both very positive transits in terms of the dignity of the planets. Uh, let's see, here we go. Put Libra back on the ascendant. So you can see, let's, we're gonna, there we go. So here's Mercury having entered Gemini by the 13th. And then by the 22nd, you're going to see Venus entering Gemini as well, both in the ninth house. So if you're a Libra rising, this is putting a lot of very positive, harmonious, helpful, fun, curious, adaptive, flexible energy into the ninth house of the higher mind, beliefs, religion, spirituality. It's a place of travel too. So I could see traveling being quite fun and, and like unexpected twists and turns that are ultimately positive and harmonious taking place while traveling. You could see there being some attraction to new ways of thinking or um, almost like a new aesthetic or where mind, style, intelligence, design all come together. Uh, this could be a time where there's a healthy dose of playful questioning, kind of um, flirting with a new topic that you're interested in. Uh, but I like this as, as far as positive energy in the house of learning, education, religion, philosophy, uh, travel, uh, really good energy coming in there this month, especially mid-month onward. And finally, by the 28th, you'll see the new moon in Cancer uh, in the 10th house. That's the place of your career. Now, that is uh, that energy is also coming to you. Uh, 
from, whoops, here we go, from Jupiter in Aries. So Jupiter in Aries making a superior square to the new moon in Cancer from the seventh house of marriage and relationships. There's a seed being planted around career uh, or public reputation, image in the world, you know, professional concerns or ambitions. It looks very positive, especially considering the positive, powerful form of support it has from Jupiter in the marriage house. Could this be a time where you're partnering with someone new in business or that you're considering getting married or moving in with someone or sharing, beginning to share your life with someone or that you're falling in love with someone that you work with? The idea to me here is about powerful, important people entering your life and um, helping you develop something that you have been wanting to develop in terms of your ambitions or your sense of purpose in life and someone or some some person or resource coming in to support you or something around love and professional life uh, working in tandem in a supportive way. And that really tones the moon cycle going into July. All right, let's go ahead and put Scorpio on the ascendant. <clears throat> so with Scorpio on the ascending, uh, on the ascendant, we're going to back this up now to the 11th of the month. <clears throat> and here we can see the, I mean, this is the quintessential place for the Venus Uranus transit to take place in the seventh house, the place of love and relationships, which Venus, Venus is of course naturally affiliated with. So on the 11th of the month, Venus will conjoin Uranus and Taurus. And then by the 18th, a week later, Venus will square Saturn and Aquarius down here in the fourth house. If you're a Scorpio rising, that places an extraordinary emphasis on the house of love and relationships, breakthroughs, sudden changes. Uh, you know, I like this for like sexual healing, sexual creativity, sexual exploration or experimentation. Sometimes this is going to be a relationship breaker. Uh, Venus Uranus does not like to be pinned down. It likes freedom. If you're in a committed relationship, this could mean rekindling the spark or sort of awakening something, uh, a little bit of a, a renaissance of love within an existing relationship. Surely that's possible. Um, if you're feeling stuck and trapped and you also have the overcoming square from Saturn in the fourth house of home and family, could this be the time where you're like, enough, I'm done living in this house, I'm moving out, or I'm breaking up with my boyfriend and getting my own apartment, I'm separating from my spouse. Certainly that's possible, but you are looking at the need for a breakthrough around love and relationships, coupled with the pressure from Saturn in the house of home, family, and living environment. So watch for that tension to be really powerful during the middle of the month. Then between the 13th, you'll see uh, Mercury enter Gemini in the eighth house. And then by the 20, uh, about the, the 22nd into the 23rd, you're going to see Venus enter that house. So June 13th, Mercury enters Gemini in your eighth. June 22nd, Venus, Venus enters Gemini in the eighth. A lot of positive energy there around the eighth house. Typically, when you see something like that, it means that there is a meaningful joining of resources, that there are there is something that someone has to give or offer or provide or teach or help you understand. Uh, it could be something financial. It could be something intellectual. It could be a skill that someone is helping you learn or a resource that someone is giving to you. But it is a place of soul contracts. And so you know, there's, there is some kind of exchange. You, you have to think, you know, what kind of, what the help you take, you will be tied to in some way in the future. So just remember for as positive as that energy is in your eighth house this month, providing you with resources, there's something you probably will have to provide in return eventually. Finally, uh, June 28th, you'll see the new moon in the sign of cancer and that falls in your ninth house. Uh, this is interesting because it is being fueled by the square from Jupiter in your sixth house. I look at this as a time of uh, the development of your beliefs or your you know system of beliefs. A new, a, a new moon means a seed planted in the ninth house around religion, philosophy, spirituality, learning, mysticism, travel abroad, foreign places. So something new is developing in that house. So any of those topics are likely to be activated. They're also being fueled by Jupiter in the sixth house, a place of potential conflict, turmoil, and strife. It, it has, to me, this has a feeling of, of emotionally, your, your beliefs being fueled by a lot of passionate emotional intensity this month. What are you passionate about? What are you 
not so passionate about, what matters to you and what doesn't, what are you willing to sacrifice on behalf of and what, um, you know, what isn't worth it? Uh, so those questions seem to form the backbone of the uh, new moon cycle that comes in at the end of the month. All right, let's go ahead and put Sagittarius on the Ascendant. So we'll go back to the 11th and working backward here. Sagittarius on the Ascendant. Now we're taking the Uranus-Venus dynamic and we're placing it into the sixth house with the square to Sat. That's the 11th that the, that the conjunction comes through. And then by the 18th, Venus will square Saturn and Aquarius. That's in the third house. So I look at this dynamic and to me, this is really interesting because I feel like this is a place of um, having to jump over mental hurdles in your own mind. Like where is your own mind, your own mindset getting in the way of um, creating a uh, some kind of meaningful change or shift, probably in the area of relationships? Venus and Uranus in the sixth house are about, it's like they're trying to solve a problem and create more freedom and spaciousness and ease, but they're in a house of trouble, tension, conflict, and hard work. It's like they're struggling to create some kind of meaningful, beautiful breakthrough. And they're also being afflicted by Saturn in the house of the mind. So it's as though as a Sag this month, you may have to overcome rigid thinking that's either within yourself or within someone else or some area of your life and before you can experience the kind of freedom that you're hoping to experience. That's what I would watch for. I would also just watch for the feeling of limitation and constraint uh, creeping in or trying to get in the way of some kind of positive, fun, spontaneous energy expressing itself through the Venus-Uranus conjunction. Well, on the 13th, Mercury will enter Gemini, and then on the 22nd, Venus will enter Gemini. Let's take a look at that, how, how that plays out. So here's Venus, Mercury entering Gemini, and then by the 22nd, you'll see Venus entering Gemini. Now, that energy combined is taking place in your seventh house. That's a very positive set of transits in the house of love and relationship after Venus goes through that little, um, you know, that run-in with Uranus and Saturn. So ultimately, if you're a Sag, I don't want you to worry too much about the stress or the, the sort of stressful nature of the way I describe the Venus transits because Venus then moves into the house of love and relationships, co-present with Mercury, who's the host of Gemini. And it feels like there's a very you know, by the end of the month, uh, especially around the 22nd forward, there's a very much more positive, uplifting, easy energy around relationships. And it feels to me like you've created flow. Your Venus is now with Mercury, a god associated with the mind. So any kind of rigidity that was holding back love or creativity or sexuality is being opened up by the end of the month. There's a lot of positive energy coming in there. Finally, on June 28th, the sun in Cancer will you get the new moon in the eighth house. And that is also receiving a square from Jupiter in Aries in the fifth house. Now, first of all, a new moon in the eighth house in Cancer feels to me like a new form of emotional support. At, at best, it is a positive form of mutual dependency around uh, things like emotions and home and family, all sort of Cancerian lunar topics. But um, with Jupiter in the fifth house informing this, what I like is that there's a lot of the potential for a lot of joy here. Like I would look at that new moon in the eighth and say, okay, what are you doing for the sake of emotional security that could tie you down later in something that, you know, uh, the, 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 the juice isn't worth the squeeze. You know what I mean? That, that phrase, I don't remember where that came from, but I've heard that, I heard that phrase recently. Anyway, so the, the idea here being that, you know, watch out for unhealthy emotional entanglements. But with Jupiter in the fifth, a place of joy, uh, romance, creativity. First of all, I like this as a potential for two people, uh, you know, getting more deeply entangled with one another in love due to the birth of a child, right? Like that, that'll deepen your intimacy. But I could also see this as creative collaboration, as some kind of resource coming in that has behind it the mark of creativity, joy, happiness. So 
I would look for there to be a, by the end of the month, it feels to me like there is a, a deepening of relationships. There's, if there's freedom being sought here in this moon cycle around love and relationships for Sages, by the end of the month, you're experiencing a breakthrough, but there is more emotional entanglement to come. Like, you know, it's kind of like when someone gets out of a relationship and they rebound really quickly. It's like, you wanted freedom, but now you're signing up for another relationship really quickly. So be careful a little bit of jumping from one thing that binds you into another by the end of the month. But otherwise, I think that, that you're going to see kind of like a, a breakthrough around relationships and especially the way that thinking or communicating in relationships provides, um, you know, either joy or unhappy. Like, you know, the, the way you communicate in relationships is either going to make you really unhappy or progressively happier. And I think that's part of what you're working through this month. All right, that's for Sagittarius rising. Well, let's go for Capricorn rising. And we will go back now to the 11th. <clears throat> so on the 11th of the month, we are, again, let's go back here to, we're seeing Venus conjoin Uranus. Now this is in your fifth house. So this is the place of creativity, love, romance, you know, and uh, children, pregnancy, uh, a place that was associated with good fortune and pleasant, happy things. So Venus Uranus here feels to me like an, ar an artistic or, uh, you know, any kind of uh, breakthrough around happiness, joy, sexuality, fun. Venus is, is very provocative in this house too, in terms of like what she will do in the name of love or fun or beauty or sense, you know, what she finds to be sensual or creatively fulfilling. But for as much as Venus wants to have her breakthrough, she is running into by the 18th, the square to Saturn and Aquarius in your second house. So questions or concerns around money, resources, business, finances, values, kind of maybe trying to put the squeeze on Venus in the fifth, who's trying to have some kind of um, create some kind of artistic or sexual healing or revolution. Uh, so that's an interesting conversation where there's creative breakthrough signature in the fifth, but the signature of contraction uh, in dialogue with that fifth house transit from Saturn in the second house of money and, and resources. So watch for that tension this month. Between the 13th, when Mercury enters Gemini, and the 22nd, when Venus enters Gemini, you have uh, another one of the arguably the more powerful transits of the month. See, there's Venus, Mercury entering Gemini, and then Venus by the 22nd. So uh, as those... As the sixth house is uh, being emphasized here by the transits of Mercury and Venus and Gemini, again, not the easiest house, a place that was associated with conflict, sacrifice, hard work, um, a, a place that is associated with uh, the, the labor that we put into things that we care about, that we sacrifice on behalf of. But this to me is about creating more ease you know, Venus and Mercury are intelligent enough and informed enough by the desire for beauty, ease, harmony, and flow that they, it looks to me like they're problem solving. They're saying like, okay, we wanted this creative revolution, but, you know, we got held in check by Saturn in the second house. Now it's time to problem solve and find a harmonious, easy solution to what maybe looked like a no earlier in the month, but by a little bit later in the month, you're starting to work out some, some creative problem solving uh, you know, solutions. So <clears throat> that's what I would watch for with Mercury and Venus in the sixth. Finally, on the 28th, you're going to see the new moon in the sign of cancer. That's if you're a Capricorn rising, that is going to be taking place in the seventh house of love and relationships. And that is being fueled by Mars in, <clears throat> here we go, or Jupiter, I should say, Jupiter in Mars's sign. Uh, of, of Aries in the fourth house. So now you're looking at, okay, a seed being planted around love, marriage, relationships, informed by Jupiter's desire for abundance and expansion around home and family. I could see this with marriage or children or pregnancy or buying a home, all of those kind of big classic life choices or events. I could also see this about legacy. What is the legacy of a marriage or a home or a family, ancestral or family karma coming up uh, in relationship with the, the topic of marriage or intimacy. Uh, could see this about differing, uh, like almost like different beliefs or ideologies conflicting around marriage, home, and family. So I would watch for that. Those are some of the big themes I see toning the moon cycle that sends us into July.
Okay, now we're going to put Aquarius on the Ascendant. <clears throat> so with Aquarius on the Ascendant, let's back this up now, and we're going to go back to the 11th of the month. So here we are. You can see the Venus-Uranus conjunction, and then don't forget that by the 18th, Venus will then square, oops, you know what? I forgot to put Aquarius on the Ascendant. Let's do this again. There we go. Now we can see the Venus-Uranus conjunction in the fourth and by the 18th squaring Saturn in the first. So here's the 11th, Venus conjoining Uranus. By the 18th, Venus squaring Saturn. So you're going to see those two connecting a little bit later. So that week-long period is very intense for Aquarius sun or rising signs around the topic of home and family. Uranus, Venus in the fourth house will disrupt the status quo or the norm or break the mold somehow with regard to your home space or living environment, your family or parents, sort of family karma receiving that kind of disruptive energy. Uh, it's, it's about reconfiguring your ideal and what you desire, what you find beautiful or attractive. It could be as simple as redecorating your home or painting a bedroom or something, creating a home office space, whatever the case might be. It's also running into the square from Saturn in the first house, which might be about um, the way in which you, you're standing in your own way. You know, Saturn in the first is your home planet, granted, but when it stands, you know, kind of in the superior square to Venus and Uranus in the fourth, it's like, I won't tolerate some change that needs to happen, or I'm, I'm having a hard time letting go enough to allow for some kind of creative renaissance around home, family, or roots, or I'm feeling offended by something. On the other hand, this could be about what you feel like you're in control of and what you don't feel like you're in control of around home, family, or relationships, or also just how your identity is changing right now in relation to home and family topics in general. So watch for those com that combination of themes um, between the 11th and the 18th. From the 13th to the 22nd, Mercury will enter Gemini, and then Venus will enter Gemini. Let's look at that development here. So you're going to see, this is in your fifth house, there's Mercury entering the fifth. And then we take it forward just a little bit more and Venus then enters the fifth house as well. So here's the two of these planets right there in the fifth house. And that's a lot of good energy coming into the fifth house. Now, the reason I love that is because the fifth house was called the place of good fortune. It's the joy of Venus. So Venus is in her joy in that house. And you, you know, you get the feeling of like harmonious, helpful things, people, conversation, communication, news, information, media, technology, creativity, flirtatious, romantic, fun, playful energy that's coming in and really providing a, a nice boost toward the end of the month. So just love the support of that uh, energy for you if you're an Aquarius rising, especially if you need to loosen up a little bit, which I think could be an issue this month where there's a feeling of like, I have to control something or I'm not in control or how do I adapt to something that's happening that's beyond my control. And I think that there's a looseness that starts coming in and an adaptability and a, a sense of joy by the uh, toward the end of the month, especially when Venus enters Gemini. Finally, on the 28th, the sun in Cancer will um, be, there'll be a new moon and that falls into your sixth house. And it receives the square from Jupiter in the third. This is an interesting one because this, again, the sixth house, kind of a, a heavier house, generally speaking, a place of conflict and so forth, um, a struggle and uh, sacrifice and hard work uh, sometimes associated with sickness or frustrations, difficulties. Now, with a new moon in that house, um, I could see there being, especially with Jupiter in the third, informing this new moon cycle from the position of what's called a superior square. I could see this being about uh, almost like um, mental, emotional, or or philosophical or ideological conflict, especially with people that you have close emotional ties to, like family members, spouse, uh, good friends, or people that you work very closely with, um, you're going to be feeling very strongly about certain things. And maybe that there's, um, be careful of the way in which, you know, you let your emotions uh, get overly involved in different kinds of uh, differences of belief or different ways of thinking or seeing things. 
I could see you nurturing something with a sense of, you know, a heroic sense of sacrifice and nurturance. I want to help something that's wounded or hurt or sick or in need of, of help. I'm concerned about those who are suffering. It's sort of like a super mom energy. So I could see some of those things playing a role as well. And that, that certainly tones the energy at the end of the month and into the next moon cycle. All right, let's go back and do it one last time for Pisces rising. We're putting Pisces on the ascendant. And uh, here we are, let's see, we're going to, um, let's go back to the 11th of the month again. And here we can see the conjunction, whoops, no, we got to put Pisces on the ascendant. Let's do that. There we go. So we've got Pisces rising. So on the 11th, you see Venus conjoining Uranus in the third house. And then by the 18th, you're looking at Venus squaring Saturn in the 12th house. So that goes Venus conjunct Uranus on the 11th, Venus square Saturn by the 18th. Now that's an interesting one if you're a Pisces rising because it falls in your third house. To me, Venus Uranus in the third house is like if you're an artistic person and you get that, that idea, that creative new way of making something you've made a hundred times before, but now you have a brand new way of, of thinking about it. For me as a writer, for example, it's a new way of, uh, it might be a new series, a new idea for a way of presenting the material that I present every day on YouTube. So you get that feeling of like a creative breakthrough mentally, um, a, a breakthrough in terms of mind, media, speech, technology, learning, uh, communicating, um, the desire for some kind of Venusian, uh, a change, a change of scenery for Venus, so to speak. Now that's being held in check by Saturn in the 12th house, which could be the voice of doubt or insecurity or uh, something about the way you're trying to create a breakthrough is being informed by some uh, shadow within you. For example, if Venus and Uranus are trying to do something that's rebellious, are they being informed by a destructive part of your own personality that you're not aware of? Um, I would watch for the potential for Venus and Uranus to be creating some kind of mental defiant or rebellious qualities informed by the unconscious shadow, so to speak, of Saturn in the 12th. But I also think this could be about Saturn trying to hold Venus and Uranus in check when they're trying to create something that's positive and innovative and sort of creative and, and like original. So watch for Saturn trying to like hold it back through someone or something, maybe something within you like, oh, I can't do this or I'm not good enough to do this or that's bad or, you know, so I'd be careful of that this month. From the 13th through the 22nd, Mercury will enter Gemini and then Venus will enter Gemini. This places a lot of very positive energy uh, around uh, for you, if you're a Pisces around that fourth house, which is the place of home and family, a lot of really happy sort of harmonious energy down there in the fourth this month. Uh, to me, that means, you know, positive relationship dynamics, communication dynamics, sort of a playful and, and inventive energy around home and family, very good at solving problems. If they're to arise, creates a lot of ease and flow adaptability, the need for like change and spontaneity, uh, around the topics of home, family, parents, uh, love in the home, playfulness in the home. Um, you know, I, I, it's like when I'm when I see Venus Mercury pairings in my own house, for example, those have been times when I've made really creative things for my kids, um, you know, to to play with or whatever. So, really like the um, kind of upbeat, harmonious, happy energy, very bubbly and effervescent uh, with um, Mercury and Venus in the fourth house. Now, last but not least. The sun in Cancer at the end of the month, a new moon will square Jupiter in Aries. And we're seeing that come through about June 29th. And here is the square from the 2nd to the 5th. First of all, this is a super pregnancy transit. I mean, a new moon in Cancer in the 5th house of pregnancy is often the sign of people getting pregnant or having children or some big development around kids or family uh, it could also be about um, growth happening in the extended family, anything that has the mark of joy and, and like family and home around it. Uh, also, any kind of any way in which creative energy is working in and through the family or the, the extended family. This is also about maybe purchases 
uh, or the development of like a savings account or anything related to money finances flowing into the topics of creative fulfillment, creativity, and, and, the, and the home and family dynamic, because it's all sort of sandwiched between four and five. Jupiter very positively in the second house is trying to communicate something about what it wants or business, money, resources, uh, development or acquisition of skills, the purchase of things that Jupiter wants to have or investments or something like that or starting to save for some kind of future, uh, developing a future vision or plan. But it does, it feeds back into a lot happening around the roots, around home, family, joy, creativity, love, romance. It's, it's a really nice uh, kind of, it, it feels to me like you could be adding an addition to your home or planning, you know, we, we were deciding we're going to get pregnant. We're planning to start trying again or something like that. So very fruitful, creative energy toward the end of June, informing the rest of the month of July. So that is uh, what I have uh, for this month. I hope that you were able to uh, get something good out of that for your sun or rising sign. Don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments in the comment section, click the notification bell for updates. You can find a transcript of my daily talk on my website, nightlightastrology.com. We can also learn more about my upcoming classes, especially ancient astrology for the modern mystic, which starts on June 12th. That is what I've got for today. I hope you guys have a great day and uh, we'll look forward to starting to unpack some of these transits for the month of, uh, for the month of June as the week goes on. All right, take it easy, everyone.